Hello, my name is Richard Metcalf, founder of Xquadrant. I coach some of the world's top executives and management teams, helping them achieve bigger and more meaningful results than ever before. In this season, I'm speaking with C-suite leaders from around the globe to find out what the COVID-19 pandemic has taught them and what wisdom they have to share for other leaders. Welcome to Leadership Lessons for Challenging Times. Today I'm speaking with Christophe Colley, who is a French entrepreneur who uh, lives in London and who has built a, a global tech business called S4M, serving uh, the retail sector. He's uh, an interesting person because he's got an international perspective and he's a true entrepreneur, having really built a successful business from nothing. And in this discussion, we dive into what COVID-19 has meant for him serving retail customers who have been profoundly affected overnight by a lockdown. And we draw out of him some of the leadership lessons which has helped him survive and navigate this challenging time. So enjoy the conversation. Hi, Christophe. Hello, Richard. Hi, great to have you uh, here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so hey, um, before we get started, why don't we just take, um, just take two minutes, one or two minutes, just to explain a little bit, you know, your elevator pitch, uh, who you are and what S4M is. S4M is um, a drive-to-store uh, drive technology. Our platform is capable to uh, optimize in real time your marketing budget uh, towards that uh, true KPIs and true ROI, which is incremental visitors. Uh, so the so platform is able to drive your visitors online, uh, but that's quite common. And I think the, the specificity of our technology is also to bridge the online and the offline world and to be able to, uh, um, by using digital ads to, uh, and, uh, by, uh, by using, sorry, uh, digitalized uh, digital ads to drive people to your physical stores. Because uh, bear in mind that, 90% uh, of the global sales worldwide are still happening in physical stores. Mm. I mean, in, re in normal time. Uh, okay, so what you're doing is you're linking for retailers the physical world with the online world. Yeah, exactly. Right. We, we are bridging both worlds, online and offline. So and, and, I, yeah, go ahead. and you founded this company, is, is that right, in about 2011? Something like that? Yeah, late 2011. So uh, let's say uh, 1st of December 2011. So we, have, um, we are eight years now. And uh, so we are about 200 in the company. We, are, um, we have eight uh, subsidiaries uh, covering uh, more than 50 markets. So uh, today uh -huh. we are a uh, huge presence in the US, let's say North America, which is our uh, first market in terms of revenues. And obviously uh, we are um, European based, so we have a good, uh, large footprint in uh, Europe. So uh, pre uh, two offices in France, uh, which uh, Paris is our headquarter. Then we have an office in London, uh, Brussels, uh, Milano, Roma, uh, Madrid. Uh, and also a small office in Singapore, uh, just to cover Southeast South, Asia. Fantastic. So in whatever that was, eight or nine years, you know, you've expanded 200 people, global footprint, and obviously you're serving retailers. So obviously at the time of recording, we're in the, right in the middle of the COVID-19 lockdown of 2020. <laughs> um, 
it must be a tough market, right? Serving retailers in this time. How have you had to adapt as a business uh, to this dramatic change in your customers' uh, uh, reality? We have to adapt, but again, I think we need to be at least opt optimist because it's going to be temporary. Of, of you. Half of the uh, half of the worldwide uh, the world people are locked down today, uh, but I think in a month's time or maybe two we will all be released. Uh, so at some point we uh, and all that people will be keen to go back to the street and to go back to their favorite retailers, etc. So obviously we have to uh, let's say protect the company and protect the. Uh, as from talents uh, because we have a very good team and we want uh, to keep it so uh, this is my main challenge today is to do everything I can and we can to uh, protect both uh, the company and the um, and the people and again thanks to that and with our people we are able also to adapt our uh, technology so Again, what I said before, technology is not just about driving people from online to offline, but we can do also right. offline to online. So it's, right. it, uh, um, it's, it works both ways. So what we are doing now, it's also we are telling our retailers that uh, even if you are not able to sell uh, your, um, your product in your shops, maybe you can find new, um, new channels. And so Amazon or et cetera. So we can uh, sell them some drive to site uh, platform. And then we can also, because you have still a lot of brands that you can buy um, in supermarkets, etc. So we will use our technology. Um, if you take an example of Uber Eats or Deliveroo, uh, so because it's they are massively used today, uh, but they have a problem. Uh, so problem is that they don't have uh, the same uh, offers that they have before because a lot of restaurants are closed so what we is are using our technology to just advertise in areas where they can deliver where they have access to restaurants and they can actually uh, pick up the, the meals in restaurants and uh, drive them to um, customers so mm. we're using location data also to help people to understand more about uh, i don't know opening hours about also to we help governments uh, in belgium for example just to cover uh, young people just to deliver them on specific um, medium and we are using not only display but also audio and video uh, on spotify for example or uh, okay teaser just to say guys uh you're young uh, you need to be locked on uh, uh save life uh, by staying at home so we are using also uh, we can uh with our let's say uh capabilities of hyper targeting and uh we can be very uh, sharp and accurate mm -hmm. so okay. to help um let's say clients to uh spend wisely their money uh, especially uh, especially during that kind of crisis it's important to protect the cash save uh, save money just to be ready for the rebound mm. so again so we are adapting ourselves uh, and meanwhile also, also we are preparing the future so uh, just because we are obviously uh, running less campaigns than before uh, because we are obviously taking uh, taking hit uh, about it our engineering team and team in general are working on uh, improving uh, on our roadmap etc so on delivering new features just to be re ready for the rebound. And the rebound will happen, um, let's say, hopefully, uh, starting of July. I think mm. uh, uh, we will be, all of us, ex except some uh, specific brands, will, all of us will put a Q2 into BIN. And uh, starting on July 1st, is going to be a new year. Yeah. So I think we need to be ready for this new year, starting on July 1st. Absolutely.
So what was the most difficult decision that you've had to make in the last few weeks as business has kind of dried up and, you know, your, your, your um, customers have been trying to rethink their strategy? Business, obviously, is, uh, what, it was, I think it was not very, it, it was a difficult decision because when you are uh, an entrepreneur, what you like is to hire people. So when you have to put uh, 80% of your staff on partial employment or uh, reducing hours, etc., worldwide, it's, uh, I'm, I took a hit uh, personally because it's not my mentality wow. and it's not a, and my mindset. And uh, but again, at the end of the day, and this is why I, I said to the team as well: we need to protect the company and we need to protect you uh, because we are just uh, making some savings to uh, to protect your jobs and to uh, give you a job when you uh, when you're gonna, gonna uh, once your ribbon will happen. If you look at the US, maybe all of my competitors have. Uh, done a lot of uh, layoff. Um, we have, we didn't uh, lay off anyone except me. And we, we actually we did, but for two people, and it was not because of COVID. It was mm. performances. But we want, we wanted to keep our team, and so we, we have offered them to reduce the hours, and they all, uh, they were very keen about it because they have a job, and at least they are paid eighty uh, percent of the salary. Yeah. When you know uh, what can be the uh, social compensation in the US or in the UK, uh, so I think the team is behind, uh, is um, is happy of not happy of the situation, but at least feels uh, secure uh, with us and our quite confident that we will be uh, again will be stronger than before maybe also because the team would be more uh, um, how can I can I say that? more not committed but uh, working together uh, mm. I don't have, sorry I don't have that yeah. word in English uh, but at the end in um, this kind of crisis obviously it's uh, the first time I'm, uh, I'm seeing this crisis uh, I remember 2008 and 2009. I was not that impacted. Uh, here we have we are really impacted. But what we see is that people are working together and are committed to the company now, maybe more than before. So in terms of values, it's very important. And I hope we'll be able to build on these new values of solidarity, community, etc. To uh, to do uh, to work harder when the rebound will uh, will come, and mm-hmm. because that's our reality, uh, we'll have to work much more than before, uh, just to um, to make it happen uh, mm. starting on July first. Yeah. So, thank you. You've actually already moved on to my next question, which was really what was the most what's been the most surprising outcome for you of this challenging time. Team, I think, again, it's all about people. Um, even if, let's say, uh, if you read by the book, the, uh, the major asset of S4M, it's, it's technology. For me, it has ever been my team. And uh, because it's a company, it's, a, uh, it's um, a, yeah, a team working together to achieve uh, one, an objective. And uh, mm-hmm. again, I was quite surprised and I, I'm grateful uh, about all the people because a lot of them are, uh, even if they are uh, pay less uh, because working less in terms of hours, they are uh, still one of the person committed and maybe more even than before. So, right. uh, yeah, uh, if I have one thing to say, it's my team. And uh, again, I'm very grateful about it. Absolutely. So in terms of you, as you manage your team, 
How's it kind of forced you to grow as a leader? Has, have you felt stretched as a leader? Have you had to grow in new ways during this challenging, uh, diff you know, different, uncertain time? Obviously, we are learning new things because it was my first time that I was uh, putting people on a portion on. I was furloughing people or uh, uh, reducing errors, etc. But at the end, I'm more. Uh, I'm taking advantage of this uh, crisis to have because I'm traveling. I'm not traveling anymore. I have yeah. much more time, and I try to spend my, this time with my my team. Uh, when you have 200 people, I, um, unfortunately, you don't know everyone. So what I'm trying to do is to have one to one with um, everyone who want to have uh, in my team want to have one to one with me, just to uh, to know a bit more about them uh, about uh, them, and also to answer the question because. Uh, mm. We have questions, they have questions, and uh, my job is to answer uh, the question, um, not to say anything to please them, but at least to give them an answer, a clear yeah. and honest answer. Yeah, that's great. I think there's very few leaders who, at the end of a time of crisis or difficulty, say, I over-communicated, right? I mean, it's hard to over-communicate in these times. So I think that idea of actually using that moment of reaching out to speak to people we don't normally speak to is... Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, you get new insights. Absolutely. What's the balance that you've had, you found between top-down kind of command and control in this time? Sometimes you need to make quick decisions um, versus kind of more bottom-up collaboration, empowering people in different regions of the world to make, to make their decisions. Again, I, I don't see everything uh, just because we have country managers and country managers are responsible also for the team. We have central managers. Uh, so HR was uh, overloaded, I would say, uh, for the last month, uh, months. Years. But from everything, um, and again, um, every market has been impacted in the different ways uh, or in the different timelines. So again, I think the country manager, uh, it's also a very good experience for them uh, to step up as a manager, uh, just because not to be only a sales leader or margin leader, but just to be a leader. And uh, a leader means also to lead people to achieve the objective. So I think some of the leaders will, uh, will um we learn from that and, and that will be uh, and they will be stronger than before and they, uh, they will be stronger than before so that's uh, good so then after it's uh, all about what was hard for us is uh, because we have eight subsidiaries in eight different countries uh, it's eight different uh, laws and uh, uh, different approaches about uh, partial employment etc mm. so why HR was very overloaded because it was also sometimes to uh, we had to take some decision without having the answers about what uh, how employees will have been impacted etc. So it was so over over communication was not too much was just hey guys we have to do it uh, just uh, be sure that we are backing you so we will do the maximum to uh, to compensate or to minimize the, uh, the impact for you guys, but we have to do it. And so that was, I think, the hardest thing for us. Uh, and it was not top down or bottom, bottom up. It was mm. just, we didn't know uh, just because yeah. even uh, look at what uh, Macron said uh, yesterday or two days ago. Okay, we are all, we normally would be really starting on May 11th, but no one knows how. Absolutely. And the government will, uh, will, 
have four weeks to uh, define the how we will come back to work. But you can imagine that employees are already asking questions. I am, am, I, am I coming back on May 11th? I hope so, but I, yeah. I, I can't tell you if you yeah. uh, I will be able to reopen the office uh, because we are all chasing masks. I think my new job now for the last week is to chase masks <laughs> people. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, so it's uh, we have it's a lot of uncertainty, and we need to manage with that. Yeah, one of the things I say to my clients is you need to be clear about what you can be clear about. And you need to be clear about what you can't be clear about. Exactly. Actually, you, you have to be transparent. And exactly. uh, it's, uh, people understand because uh, people are not full and uh, they, uh, they can understand what, mm. what, when it's clear, it's clear. When it's unclear, you have to say it's unclear. And I will yeah. give you the answer as soon as I have it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's actually when you admit that it's unclear that your respect and credibility goes right up. Because people know, as you said, they know when, when it's not clear. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, hey, um, Christophe, I know that you're a big fan of, uh, you know, of numbers and business outcome KPIs, and I know you implemented OKRs across your entire company uh, a couple of years ago. Um, how do you use those in these times of uncertainty? Do you kind of, do you use those to pilot the business or do you actually put them on hold to rapidly readjust? Uh, do they help you? Do they... Are they something Actually, that... we are um, we are adjusting them obviously uh, because we don't have mm. the same workforce and again uh, we also uh, okay are, are good because they are giving you a line and a way to uh, to follow but now uh, we have to adapt we have to change our offers mm. etc so obviously we are adapting ourselves and uh, so but still again I th- think it's important to uh, use that time where we all have more time. Okay, that's yeah. uh, that's reality. Uh, to think about what's going to be future. So, in terms of numbers, uh, one of my um, let's say target before May 11 is to also to release um, a new uh, dashboard to help my country managers to monitor uh, better the business and to right. take uh, to have um, clear clear and real time KPIs to help them in a on a daily basis to manage better their, their business. Mm. Great. So let's talk about um, the retailers that you work with. As you said, their world has, suddenly, has changed very quickly, right? I mean, they've had to close down a lot of their physical stores. Um, what's been your advice to them to help them navigate through this time of uncertainty and rapid change? Again, I think it's... Uh, to answer uh, to answer uh, straight away to your questions, they need still to communicate because you still need to be top of mind of your clients. If you don't communicate at the end, uh, you will pay the bill and you will lose market shares. But also, we need also to understand that uh, we have phases. Uh, first of all, we have what I call the sideration phase. So you are uh, there is a chalk and you need to okay to uh, to admit it. Then you need to organize your, uh, to organize. Uh, your organization to face it. And depending on the size of your, uh, of your company, it could take time. Uh, and then after when it's your, uh, after the organization phase starts the 
adaptation phases. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's and what's you need at least four weeks. And this is what we what we saw in uh, in Italy, for example. We have been locked down for uh, more uh, seven weeks now. And after four weeks, uh, the advertisers so. Four weeks. The first four weeks, we adapt ourselves in Italy as well. And after four weeks, we started to receive new RFPs, new campaigns, new signings, etc. So it was interesting. So it's four weeks, and I think now. So this is what we are um, again uh, telling to our customers, guys: You are reopening on May 11th. Are you ready? Hmm. And again, and what's going to be your communication? You need to adapt your message. You need to communicate about because there would be an after this. And I think it's, uh, and that's why I think we are very well positioned. Uh, our position is good because we, um, let's say, the, the center of our technology is about local, and everyone will want to have a local uh, communication because you want to attract people are coming from uh, around you. So, from the mass media, we'll come back a bit more for more customized and localized media. And so, this is what we are uh, telling our retailers: say, okay, guys. There will be an after. Be ready for the after. Mm. Yeah. What's the biggest mistake that they could make as a retailer in this time? I think not communicating because all the studies, uh, you know, for years, if you look, if you look back in, uh, uh, in history for the crisis, uh, 20, uh, 20, uh, 29, um, 72, or uh, worldwide, uh, 45, etc., or two, uh, mm-hmm. 20 or 8 for the uh, most recent one. So brands we didn't communicate as lost market share when the rebound uh, came back. I think it's a very good timing also for a brand to communicate around something new and i think communicating about your values it's something that um would be appreciated by our uh by your customers and i think you need to uh, because a brand is not only product you buy it's also you are buying a story you are you are buying values because are you are you i'm not sure we are all able to make the difference from um I don't know, from uh, milk A and milk B. It's the values around milk A and milk B who is making the difference. <laughs> right. Well, I think it's important for retailers to communicate about their values and to and how they will manage the, uh, the after and, and how, it's, uh, how they will manage and um, how they will be perceived as sustainable by their customers. I think sustainability would be one of the key words for the coming years. Mm. Yeah, thank you. That's um, it's great. I think you're right. I think people are going to have there will be a re-questioning to some degree of values, probably not as much as we think. Sometimes people get back into their usual way of life, but I think that in some probably areas we don't even know yet, people will be quite profoundly affected by this period, and there will be a shift. I think definitely in in values um, and priorities that we'll see in people. Um, What if you were looking back at this period? If you were to give yourself a leadership lesson it might even be from other things if you were to give yourself a leadership lesson say back at your um the start of the journey with s4m back in 2011 um not necessarily just about this particular covid19 period but just about what you've experienced as an entrepreneur what would that leadership lesson be what would you have loved to have known uh, about Um, management and people and, and leading a company i think it's all about culture 
because we, uh, SYM, we launched, let's say, in 20, uh, late 2011, and we went international in 2015. But we decided at first to, to expand, uh, but by staying in France, by touring, uh, we hired uh, country managers, local country managers, etc. And we were monitoring the international activity from Paris. And I think that was the biggest mistake we've made is if you want to uh, launch a country, uh, you need to be there to understand the culture, uh, to bring the DNA to the t local team you are uh, hiring, etc. You can be lucky. We were lucky. We have been uh, very lucky with the Italian team because we recruited two top guys and uh, they did it perfectly. But in also market, it was uh, tougher just because uh, we didn't understand the culture. And maybe we wanted to uh, apply our French culture to uh, the US culture, to, uh, the Britain culture, etc. which doesn't work at the end. Yeah. So it's important to go there to understand the culture and to adapt yourself to the market and and not, it's not about translation it's about localization but at the mm. end uh, you still have golden rules and golden rules is hard work and that's why when a founder is going to um, this is what I'm uh, I'm advising to uh, startups etc if you want to open uh, a new market go there one of the founder mm. has to have to, yeah. uh, have to go there just to bring with him or her the uh, DNA of the company yeah. and to to give the DNA of the company to the local employees. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, one of my phrases is that leaders create the culture, right? They define the culture yeah. by your very nature, right? If you're a leader, that's what you do. You create the culture. If you're not there, and if you haven't created yet the mechanisms in your company, it is possible, but it takes a while to create the mechanisms where the other people start to propagate that culture. But I think in the early years, the, the founders are the... Um, embodiment. Yeah, and I think the second advice I'm giving uh, startups also is uh, choose your market because so energy, and I think it's, it's a question of um, size of the market because the energy you will, you will uh, uh, give into it and put into it will be the same. Right. You get the same uh, results. So if you are, so when you are in France and you want to consider international, if you think your product has um, as a potential uh, to go abroad, don't go to Germany, go straight to the US because the right. US is uh, 20 yeah. times bigger. So the yeah. so energy you will put into it and uh, to convince people to buy your product, when it will be done in the US, the scale will be much more quicker than it will be in other European markets. And that yeah. maybe the second mistake is to have decided to try to go a bit everywhere, not to focus on one market and mm. after it's because we have the experience, etc. But we should have, um, retrospectively, we should have opened the US, focused on the US, put all our energy into yeah. developing maybe the tech in France and to expand into the US. And once the US will have been down uh, and biggest market, then yeah. you can maybe consider other markets as well. Brilliant. It's Thank a, you. It's an it's uh, Israeli strategy. Actually, all the Israeli guys are developing the tech in Israel and yeah. are launch, uh, launching it co uh, commercially in the US. And they are right. And it's, that's very clever. We should, uh, we should mm. do the same. Or yeah. maybe in China. So uh, you pick up one of the two largest markets and you, and you do it. Yeah, I think it's that, it's that question of focus, right? As entrepreneurs, often we like to go and 
we see all the opportunities everywhere and just focusing down and saying right now this is the rallying cry for the company right this is the focus yeah. do one thing and nail it and then move on and i think that's and that's complicated to know when you are an entrepreneur and because you want to go everywhere yeah, yeah. And because you think that belgium uh UK, Germany, Italy, yeah. Spain, but at least there are small markets. Uh, I think Italy is um, is uh, smaller mm. than Texas. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a great. Yeah, France, great way of looking at it. Than, uh, France, Italy, uh, uh, similar. UK, France, Italy is uh, sizable, and we are way lower than California. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great point. And when I'm working with with um, exec teams, often that's the, the thing. It's like, how do you take the founder who has loads of ideas often and wants to go in a million directions and probably your COO who is trying to say, let's just try and do one thing. And, and there's a bit of both that's important, but it's trying to help everybody get to an agreement where everyone's comfortable about where do we actually focus. It's always a question of balance. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, um, Christophe, a few quick questions just to kind of wrap up our time. So these are um, just a few favorites that you might have. So just in a sentence or two, what's your favorite book? Uh, good to Great. Good to Great. Fantastic. It's a great book. What about your favorite? And in that book, you have the hedge, Hedgehog Strategy, yes. which is very important um, that, uh, that date, uh, these days. Yeah, the hedgehog strategy, right? So just for people who don't know, the hedgehog strategy is the hedgehog just does one thing really well, right? Which is to curl up and have spikes and um, master that as a, as a defense mechanism and a survival mechanism. And if companies need to know, what's that one thing? So yes, thank you for that. Um, what are your favorite productivity tip? How do you stay productive? I think uh, it's... in. Individual productivity KPIs. I think it's important that you monitor closely the, uh, the individual uh, productivity uh, just because I think people need to, uh, to have work and it's not part of the human uh, nature to go for more work. So, and I think it's part also of the human nature that people want to have a lot of things to do rather than have nothing to do. So it's important to monitor that closely and with that you will be able to also monitor your profitab uh, profitability and at the end, uh, even if you are growing a lot and maybe that's something um, we startups are mm -hmm. uh, forgetting is uh, put profitability is king at the end yes. so growing is good uh, so we need to grow but uh, you need to grow safely uh, look at we work they, uh, they grew massively but at the end they are not profitable and they are in a very uh, they are in danger so it's complicated yes. so it's important to uh, to have again it's always a question of balance and to uh, look at for me individual pro productivity it's a uh, key and that's why the okr is uh, interesting as well because mm. you are giving a company objective and then every department are declining the okr in also okrs etc but it has to go to individual how do you keep yourself productive what's your own personal effectiveness tip or strategy do you have a routine do you how do you plan your day you know is there a tool that you use no, what do you, how actually, do you do not it? really. Uh, I, I would say it's when I, I look at me in the window, uh, if uh, well, the, I don't know, mirror, mm -hmm. uh, if I might be or not. Uh, I don't know how to manage my productivity. Uh, my productivity would be maybe to managing uh, to lead well the team and to help 
others to achieve their productivity mm. uh, target. If they have achieved that, I can say that I have achieved mine. Great. Who's your most, who's a leader that inspires you? Uh, a lot of them. Uh, I think uh, you can, uh, it's uh, Steve Jobs was a great example. Uh, not in uh, everything he did, but I think he had a great word is, uh, I don't hire people to do the job. I hire people, they have to learn me something. And I think that's totally true. Uh, otherwise, it's useless to hire people. Uh, so I think it's a, uh, then I'm more, uh, I did a lot of sports when I was younger. And I think, um, it's a team play. And I think a company is a team play. It's like a, uh, a pro team where you have a lot of uh, different players. Uh, at the end, we don't ask people to be friends and to uh, share everything, but at least to work together and to be, uh, it has to be very fluid and uh, to, uh, to trust each other. So in terms of leaders, um, I would say, um, and just maybe all the sports captain of the winning team are uh, some of uh, people you need. We all need to uh, to follow. Hmm. What about your favorite quote or motto? Quote? Um, uh, I don't. I don't. Uh, let me check it in English because it's uh, it's something coming from Saint Exupéry. So I know it in uh, uh, in French. In French. So can you give me a sec? Okay, so if you want to build a ship, don't drum up people to collect wood and don't assign them tasks and work, but rather teach them to long for the endless immensity of the sea. Love does not consist in gazing at each other, but in looking how to work together in the same direction. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. That vision, yeah. Get people's eyes up. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, well, I think that was, th that was really, I think all I wanted to ask, where can people find more about... Uh, you or about S4M and everything that you're doing in helping retailers bridge the online and the physical worlds. Can you repeat this question because I didn't get it? Sure. Um, so, Christophe, you know, thanks for this discussion. Where can people go to learn more about you and about S4M and everything that you're doing to bridge the physical and the online worlds for retailers? So actually, you can go to our website, s4m.io, uh, and I strongly advise you to join our academy, where because we during that crisis we are we launched an academy about 20 minutes webinars where we are uh, trying to give uh, insights to people about what is drive to store or to drive. Uh, uh, impactful uh, drive to store strategy but not only it's more about additional content etc so I, I strongly advise you if you want uh, it's a 20 minute session it's every Thursday at uh, noon I think uh, where you can join it but obviously you can uh, it's recorded so you can have access to it perfect well thanks very much for joining Christophe and uh, speak to you soon thank you Richard I hope you enjoyed this conversation now let's turn to you. If you're a top performer who's already accomplished great things and yet knows that there's a whole new level of impact and potential open to you, then why don't we get on the phone and strategize on how to get you there? Head over to xquadrant.com forward slash speak to find out more. Until next time, be bold and be purposeful.